0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Rough Cuts on the Follower Podcast. Uh, my name is Matthew Lewis. If you're new here, uh, I just met a few wonderful people in uh, my recent trip in Japan. And so some of them are listening for the first time. Really good to to have you guys with us in this little podcast community. Uh, I want to just say I know that this episode's a bit late. We've been releasing one every week, but uh sometimes it can just get tricky when you're on the road, you know. And so, yeah, being in Japan, traveling around, doing ministry, and then just seeing a bit of the country, which was so amazing. It just meant that it was a bit hard to get episodes out. But here we are with the last two in this series. Uh, we going to be looking at temptation today. So we've come to that part of the prayer. Uh, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. And um, it's so interesting. You know, the disciples come to Jesus and say, teach us how to pray. And then he gives them this prayer, which in my mind... Uh, gives us a sense of so much of what 's in the heart of Jesus, and we 've covered so many things, and then he gets to this point where he says, And we should pray, Father, lead us not into temptation and so um, I actually think my time in Japan was instructive around this because you know in japan the the faith or the religion of the Japanese people, well at least culturally speaking, is Buddhist or Shinto, and um, it 's kind of uh, this this complementary uh, belief system and, and so what you see all over the country is uh, you see these shrines and these uh, entrance gates that kind of mark the sacred space. You go through those those archways and then you go up to your shrine and then what you'll see people doing. I I was actually, um, I went to this one shrine and I was there just having a prayer walk and watching some of the people and you'll watch, they'll, they'll walk up to the shrine and then uh, they put their money in a box and then they kind of bow, and they clap, and they bow, and um, one of the things I really respect about the Japanese people is their sense of honor, but I found myself looking at that, and just going, Lord, I, w- I would never do that. I would never, uh, even when I was in that place of shrine, uh, in in the shrines, I, I um I found myself being so aware of my own heart, and just prayerfully being there for the people, and praying for the monks, and praying for the people around, just that you know as they seek truth they would they would crash into Jesus but there was this part of my heart which was like Lord I would never come and put my money in this box and then bow down um, to to this other God and I felt a very gentle prompting of the Spirit just going yeah but you do that all the time Matt (laughs) and just because it's not like a visible shrine and just because you know you're not in a Buddhist um, uh, space or a Shinto space it doesn't mean that you haven't in your heart, bowed down to all kinds of other gods. And I felt really convicted about that. And I thought, man, that's so true. I, I have done that. And, uh, and there are parts of me that are currently doing that and will do that into the future. And um, as much as I just pray that that changes more and more and more, I would be lying if I said there wasn't a degree to which that was true, right? That I, um, I bow down in my heart to all kinds of gods, whether it's the God of comfort, or the God of um, my own ego, or the God of productivity, or the God of provision and money, or the God of adventure, or the God, you know, there's all these different kinds of shrines, if you will, that that we end up bowing down to. And this is the issue of temptation, is that, you know, when we go really back to the garden, that first temptation is, the temptation looks good. And the temptation to Eve, it's, you know, like the Lord has given them this whole garden, Adam and Eve, to walk around the garden. And then the temptation comes, which is that this looked pleasing and satisfying. And it was appealing to those those broken things within Eve and within Adam, right? And so that's what then sets them on a trajectory that ultimately moves them out of this intimate communion with God in the garden. And so that's the thing with temptation. It wouldn't be tempting if it, if it wasn't dressed up so well in a pleasing uh, way. And I think so often when we think about spiritual warfare or the enemy of our souls, sometimes we have a, a very uh, Hollywood caricature of this and we're thinking about a guy in red clothes with a, with a pitchfork and uh, all these different things and very obvious things that are to avoid and there are elements of that. But the reality is some of the most dangerous temptations are incredibly subtle Um, and appeal to something deep, deep, deep within us. And some of those desires are broken and warped and off, but some of those desires are godly, uh, but they're trying to be satisfied in a different way. And so that's the first thing I would say about temptation, is that um, the reason that something is a temptation is because it's packaged in such a way, uh, deceptively so, to appeal to something very deep within us. Uh, The other thing I would say is that... uh, Temptation itself is not a problem it 's a reality to deal with. I myself have found uh, when I am tempted, which is often <laughs> I can be very hard on myself, uh, and sometimes I can uh, partner with a lie from the enemy, which is that there 's something wrong with me because i 'm tempted in these ways. Uh, you know just this morning, I was at gym with my brother, and we were in this group class <laughs> where I did way too many weights and have uh, hurt my back a little bit because i 'm old, but uh, that room is was full of temptation, and uh, i I can come out of that space and I can feel I can feel uh, condemned by the temptation that 's within me but actually temptation is is just a part of life, and Jesus was tempted, so Jesus was the perfect sacrifice and uh, he was without sin, which is why he was able to do for us and be for us what he, what he was for us. But, it, but he was tempted in every way that we are tempted, the Bible says. I think about that part where it says in the Spirit uh, led Jesus out in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And uh, Jesus is the one who then overcomes, right, in, in the wilderness. And so I just wanted to say that to anyone who's listening who maybe is like me, that when you feel temptation, you're a bit hard on yourself, is that temptation is a natural and normal part of what it means to live in a broken and fallen world. And there is an enemy of your soul, and and that enemy is setting out to rob you of the life and life to the full that Jesus has come to give you. And so you are going to be tempted. I remember I was just now in Japan having a conversation with a young man who's just come to faith, and uh, we were talking about his growth in the faith and how much he's, He's finding freedom in God and how wonderful that is. And then he he kind of pulled me aside uh, to the conversation and he just said, you know, are are you still tempted um, sexually? Are you tempted with lust and different things like that? And I just laughed in a way and I just said, of course, yes. And he was almost surprised. Um, But I was so happy to break that bubble (laughs) for him and just, uh, I think, out of our common struggle, invite him into a kind of vulnerability and also a sense of peace that man, this is common to every man and this is common to every person, that we are all facing temptation in this life. And so that's the second thing I would say. The first thing I would say is that temptation is what it is by virtue of the fact that it's packaged in a way to look pleasurable and appealing. The, the second thing is that temptation is, is uh, inevitable. Even after Jesus resisted the enemy in the desert, it says that he left him for a more opportune time. And so Jesus was tempted all the time throughout his his life uh, here on earth, and, uh, and so will we. And I don't think there'll ever be a time where we'll grow out of temptation. Uh, I think what we have to learn to do is navigate temptation. And that brings us to the third point. When I look at Jesus in the wilderness, particularly, which for me is so instructive around temptation, is that many of the temptations were aimed at his identity, and they were pulling... very real things that we desire in the human experience, namely power, uh, spectacle or fame, and provision or or wealth. And uh, each one of those things, Jesus is able to resist because even though those things are very primal in the human uh, person, Jesus is buried in another story. And so he will always say, it is written, and then he will respond with the Hebrew Bible that is just like coursing through his bloodstream. And we see when Jesus is talking in the New Testament, I mean, he's almost exclusively talking using the Old Testament, right? Uh, You know, he's just always quoting prophets and he's quoting Psalms. He's he's bringing out so much of the Hebrew Bible. And so there we see Jesus resisting temptation with truth, because Jesus uh, is a man of the word and he's buried in the Word, and his mind is washed with truth, renewed, and his spirit is enlivened by the truth. And so he's not just having like a verse of the day on a coffee cup. Uh, He is immersed, and part of that is just his cultural upbringing, and part of that is who he is in the world. But Jesus is a man who's immersed in the Word. And I always think of Psalm 1, uh, blessed are those who delight in uh, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law they meditate day and night. They'll be like these trees, right, that produce fruit in and out of season. And I think I'm just so uh, challenged by that because I find that the world we live in today is full of temptation. Our minds, are there's kind of these dirty streams of information always running through our minds, and that leads us into all kinds of temptations. And I think perhaps now more than ever, we need to become a people who are really grounded in counter-truth, uh, who know the story that we've been invited into through Jesus and who are living into that story. And so that would be my, th- my third thought that I had to share around temptation, which is that um, preemptively begin to build your life on the truth of Scripture. So don't wait for the moment of temptation. I almost think in some senses that's too late. We want to preemptively build our lives on the rock of the truth of Jesus, and not just in fleeting moments, not just little bits here and there, but we actually want to be um, eating this book, <laughs> right? We want, it, we want to not let his word depart from our mouths. We want to have it on our hearts and on our minds and on our hands. We, we want his truth to be everywhere so that that authentic story is able to show up the counterfeit when it arrives. And um, then, of course, you know, the power of the Spirit in us and grace operating. And when we fall and we will fall, grace is there to pick us up again. And it's not only pardon, but power. And grace is there to lead us forward. But I do think some of the homework that we can do is we can preemptively and, and intentionally Build our lives in the truth of scripture and let that be the rock from which we operate and do all things. And I think when we do that, when the temptations come as they will, uh, we have a greatest strength to resist them. So, uh, those are some of my thoughts around temptations. And number one, they are temptations specifically because they are designed. To appeal to something very deep within us, some of the things, those things broken, and some of those things just godly appetites. But the, the temptation is a counterfeit of the original, right? And number two, there's no condemnation for those who are tempted, <laughs> right? Temptation is part of what it means to live in a fallen world with an enemy of the soul. Even Jesus himself was tempted, and so don't don't partner with the lies of the devil that would condemn you for being tempted. Um, and number three. Preemptively build your life in the truth of Jesus. Let the truth of the scriptures wash your mind. Let what the Bible says is good become good to you. What the Bible says is beautiful become beautiful to you. Uh, let this word reframe your story so that when the counterfeit arrives, you're less tempted to believe it because you have bought so fully and wholeheartedly into the original and the authentic. I think those three things are things that I see in the life of Jesus which are helpful for us when we think about uh, temptation. And uh, I hope that those are helpful for you. Those are the, the brief, rough-cut thoughts I have around temptation for us today. If you feel like this is helpful, uh, share it with a friend, like it, leave reviews, do all the things. And uh, we'll be with you in the next episode of the Follower Podcast, uh, where we'll talk about deliverance. Have a good one.